This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I am interviewing Amber. So she is an empowerment and mindset life coach with a foundation in human design. So her and I connected through Facebook last week in an entrepreneurial group, and it turns out that so I'm in North Van and she's in Whistler, so we're both Canadian, and so we started chatting on Instagram and sending each other voice notes back and forth for like three days straight. And I thought, okay, let's jump on a podcast because I want to capture her story and we're going to chat about human design and she's just going to share what she's up to. So Amber, I would love for you to tell us a bit about yourself and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Um, Thank you for having me on the podcast with you. So yes, I am an empowerment and mindset life coach with a foundation in human design. I launched my life coaching business literally on a whim on September 15th of 2020, but I found human design earlier in the year. And that's kind of what kickstarted this whole journey for me, this journey of self-discovery and really coming home to myself. I love this. And can you tell us a little bit more about what got you into human design, first of all, and can you actually share what human design is? Because I don't think a lot of people, this is the first time I've ever talked about this on my channel. So you can like totally just like share what it is and then we're going to just dive in more. Okay, perfect. I love this. So human design, in my own words, I like to say that human design is the roadmap to how you are energetically meant to show up and operate in this world. It is a tool to help you understand why you are the way that you are. And it is the permission slip that so many of us need, but are not given to actually be our true selves, to embody our true selves. And so I found human design or rather human design found me in a really funny way. So the woman who introduced me to human design was a woman that I was casually babysitting for. While I was in between jobs, I was, I was doing some childcare. So I jumped on the babysitting page in Whistler and this woman asked if I could take care of her kids that night. And I did, this was late December, 2019. And then we just created this bond, this really strong relationship. And I kept casually babysitting for her. And one day I babysat for her because she was doing a course. And at the end of the day, she told me that it was in human design. And of course I had never heard of human design before, but I am such an open book when it comes to learning about different things that will help me understand why I am the way that I am, um, such as astrology, Enneagram, that kind of thing. I'm so on board for it. And so she kind of told me a little bit about human design and pointed me in the right direction to learn about it. And I went home, looked up my own human design. It's funny because I originally generated um, the wrong human design. There's five different energy types and I um, 
chose a website that gave me incorrect information. And so I didn't really resonate with all of it at first, but the more that I dug into it, the more that I did my own research and started listening to podcasts, um, I found Amy Elizabeth of Align by Design, the more it really intrigued me. And I eventually did, long story short, find my correct human design. And once I did, it was like, it was like I had been wearing blinders my whole life and someone had finally just taken them off and I could see the world for what it was. I could see my life for what it was and exactly who I was supposed to be. I remember sitting on the couch in my tiny little studio apartment sobbing when I finally found out who I was and that the way, the person I always thought myself to be, the person I always felt that I was supposed to be was truly my true self. I love this. And it's so funny because I had a similar experience in the sense that I can't remember how I stumbled across human design, but I went to did the same thing you did, went to a website and looked it up. So the way that you look it up is you put your birth date, your birth time and your city, right? And then of course your name and then it generates your human design. And, and so the more that I started diving into my human design, it's so funny, like what you're sharing about, you know, really discovering yourself and understanding yourself. When I, when I dove into my human design and started learning more, so I'm a generator six, two profile. And I, when I started to understand why I would do things the way I would do things in terms of how I would show up on social media or how I would get gut feelings about certain things and how I share myself, I started to understand why I was doing that. And then I also discovered what way I was meant to be showing up. And that's where this ease and flow comes from, right? So I think that this is so interesting. And I love that we're sharing this because I know some people are probably listening and they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right? But we're going to be talking more and more about this. And of course, we're going to share resources with the listeners at the end of the podcast. But I would love, can you share a little bit more about how human design works in the sense that you mentioned briefly, like share with us your design and then also the different energy types and just talk a little bit about how the graph works and then we can just kind of continue on from there. For sure. Okay. So like I said, there's five different energy types. I am a manifester with an emotional authority. So with my energy type, I'll, I'll say all five energy types and I'll kind of go into them a tiny bit. Your energy type is like the very foundation of your human design. So for me as a manifester, I have this really bold, big, enticing energy. Manifestors are quick to do things. They they're literally that they're manifestors. They have big ideas, big dreams, big desires, and they can do them quickly. They can snap them in. They can manifest them into reality really, really fast. So each energy type has a different strategy as well. And this is how we're meant to be navigating our world, navigating through um, the different things that come into our lives. So for me, my strategy is to inform. So manifestors initiate and inform. They don't wait for invitations. They don't wait to give a response. They literally get the idea and they just go. They just run with it. So that's manifestors. Manifestors make up about 9% of the population. So we are very, very rare. I've only ever met two others in my entire life. Then 
Our next category is generators and manifesting generators. So these make up, I think combined, they're about 77% of our population. So you, of course, are a generator. My boyfriend is also a generator. I've got lots of generators in my life. Manifesting generators are very similar. They've got the same strategy. They have the same kind of energy type. They just also have that little bit of manifester in them as well. So manifesting generators and generators, they have this really sparkly magnetic energy. They are like the energizer bunnies because they have sacral energy. And so they can go, go, go. They can do, do, do. They're bopping around from thing to thing. They've got big desires as well. And their strategy is to respond. So generators and manifesting generators, when you're living in alignment, you're just in your power. You're just experiencing life following the path that lights you up and allowing things to come into your life for you to respond to. Things that will either be a hell yes or a hell no. So with that sacral energy that generators and manifesting generators have, they'll always have that hell yes or hell no response inside of them. Then we've got projectors. I've also got a lot of projectors in my life. Um, Amy Elizabeth of Align by Design is my human design teacher and she's a projector and then my two best friends are also projectors. Projectors have a more calm, soft energy. Projectors are like the wise owls of our society. They're like the overseers. They see things from a different perspective. They really think outside of the box and they're here to master one thing and to teach our world that thing. They're here to lead, guide, make things more effective. They're here to help evolve our world. So projectors, their strategy for navigation through this world is to uh, wait for the invitation. So it's kind of similar to generators and manifesting generators, but they they'll really wait for something to be brought to them, um, an opportunity, an idea. And then of course, all of us, manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, we'll all tap into our authority, which is our decision-making center in order to choose for ourselves. And so, um, yeah, projectors will wait for the invitation and then tap into their decision-making center. Now reflectors, they are the rarest. So projectors, sorry, I forgot to mention, they make up 20% of our population. Reflectors are that last 1%. So they are super rare. Kayla, I think you said that your yeah. best friend is a reflector, right? Yeah, so I have, I, my best friend is, a, one of my best friends is a reflector. And uh, I have a lot of projectors in my life. Actually, I don't know that many other generators. I have a lot of many gens and yourself as a manifester. But yeah, so I, I, I always call my girlfriend, Janessa, I've interviewed her on the podcast as well. It's like, she's my little reflector unicorn because- Yes, she is. Yes. <laughs> she's so rare. She is so, she's such a unicorn, but you're also a unicorn as well to have her in your life because that is just like, uh, yeah, that is super rare. I've done lots of readings um, and I've never come across a reflector yet. So hopefully I'll put that out to the universe that one comes into my path. But um, reflectors have completely open centers, which means that they absorb so much energy from other people. And they have this, like, they're very, they're like chameleons. They can, um, because they're absorbing so much energy, they're absorbing and reflecting back. So 
reflectors really, they literally do. They reflect back their mirrors of what's happening in our world. So they're mirrors to us to see how we're acting, how we're behaving, what's going on in order for us to be moving towards the greater good alignment, right? So for reflectors, um, their strategy is to wait an entire lunar cycle. So um, they, they navigate the world by seeing, by observing, by, like I said, absorbing energy and mirroring it back. And their authority, their decision-making is to wait an entire lunar cycle, which is usually 28 days. And now I don't mean like someone asks them, hey, do you wanna go for coffee? And they're like, well, I'll get back to you in 28 days. <laughs> no, absolutely not. There's different, there's like a hierarchy of decisions, right? This would be for a big one. Like, do I wanna to move to Australia? Do I want to start a business? Do I wanna get married? Do I, you know, something big, right? So that is, um, those are the five energy types. I love the way you described all of them too. I think it, that was so digestible, you know, especially mm -hmm. somebody who's listening and who's never heard anything about human design. They're, I think that they're going to have like a really good idea and like understand. And yeah. the more I learn about this, like I'm actually looking at doing a certification next year. And I know I shared this with you. It's on my vision board. And uh, the more I learn about human design, it, it's, it's allowing me to show up differently in the sense that, so my boyfriend is a projector and uh and so there's different ways like if i'm waiting like his thing is to wait for an invitation and my my strategy is to wait for or something to respond to right so it's so similar that i can see how sometimes there's like stagnancy in certain areas of our relationship so then i just start thinking of creative ways where i can create an invitation but it's also something that i can respond to so yeah. it's like super interesting but then i can tell that when we are in alignment operating from our design that things get to be easier right yeah which, exactly which is, totally, which is totally why this this concept like human design is just exploding in the coaching world right yeah yeah it's really a way for you to I, I said this at the beginning, I think it's a way for you to come home to your true self. And I think that it's such a perfect time for us to be really coming home to ourselves because 2020 has thrown us for like a complete loop. Everything that we thought was true in our lives has been turned upside down. Oh, you might be able to hear the snow plow out there. My apologies. <laughs> it oh, is that's okay. dumping in Whistler. Um, Everything that we thought to be true, everything that we created has essentially been destroyed. And we are right back at the beginning, at the very foundation, asking ourselves these questions. What feels good for me? What do I want my life to look like? What decisions do I want to make? Not what decisions should I make? What should my life look like? What is expected of me? Right. And this is something that's especially potent for me because I grew up literally inside a box made of the shoulds, the have tos and the expectations. And this is what I do in my coaching practice. I help women break free from the shoulds, the have tos and the expectations. And human design is the best way to do that because it shows you, it literally points towards what you desire right? It points towards how you are able to feel good. Imagine having like literally a guidebook with all of the steps to alignment. That is human design. Yeah. 
This is so good. And I, because I started diving into human design more, especially in the last couple of weeks, I'm in the process of launching a group coaching program called CEO with my best friend. Yeah. And what I've noticed is I've been really looking at like, okay, Kayla, like, how do I want to share this? How do, how do I want to show up? Like what feels good? So my, my, my way of making decisions is, you know, by responding to my sacral, which is like, it has to be like you said, a hell yes or a hell no. Mm -hmm. So I've been really paying attention to this rather than, you know, the typical things like hustle and grind and business strategies. You need to have ads. You need to do this, this, and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I feel like showing up on Instagram stories. I'm going to do this. I feel like doing a post. I'm going to share it here and here. And I'm kind of bouncing around and doing what feels good and just trusting the process. And it just feels so much more effortless. And there's just the resistance yeah. gone, right? Yeah. That is the point of embodying your human design. We want to get to a point where whether you, whether you have a business, whether you know, you're just living your life, you're you know, a mama taking care of your kids, you're in the corporate world, whatever. We want to get to a point where our lives feel effortless and easy. And that doesn't mean that challenges are not going to be thrown your way, right? The thing, the biggest lesson that I've learned over the past, um, you know, few years is that we are never really in control of anything. The only thing that we can control is the way that we react or respond. And so it's not about creating a life where nothing's ever going to hurt us or nothing's ever going to be hard or difficult or challenging or confusing. That's not it. It's human design is a way to help you navigate all of that effortlessly and easily. Right. Yeah. I love what you said, how, you know, how we respond to things is really all we have control over. And it's our perception too, like how we choose to see yeah. things like, you know, it's, it's like the pandemic this year, there's a really good quote that I saw on Facebook and I shared it recently. And it was, we're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm. Some I people have canoes, some people have kayaks and so on. And I loved this because I was like, wow, that first of all is a great representation of racism right like we're not all just humans like you have to see the you know the levels of privilege and so on but yeah. then also it's the same thing with being in the pandemic whether you are working from home whether you're a parent whether you've been laid off whether you're dealing with health issues like we're in the same storm but we all have different resources but then being able to have a tool like human design is really going to allow each person to operate like you said from the place of least resistance yeah so yeah no, I, I love this so much. Can you share more about your coaching business? And you started talking a little bit about what you do with women and coaching. And I would just love to see you light up about this and just like share. Absolutely. Okay. So I launched my coaching business in September and this absolutely was not the plan. This uh, was not something that I, this was not something that had been on my mind for a long time. It was, it was so, it was so in alignment with my manifestor energy, really. Um, and I guess to take you back a little bit, the reason why I am a life coach is because I almost died three and a half years ago in a very serious car accident. And my journey that I have been on from that moment of almost losing my life to today is really how um, I got started as a life coach. So I believe that there are moments where the universe taps us on the shoulder and says, this is not it. The way that you are living your life, the, the things that you are doing, the, 
the expectations that you're trying to live up to, the choices you're making, this isn't it. And for me, at the time of the car accident, the universe had tapped on my shoulder quite a few times before. And I had always ignored her thinking, well, my life is just hard. My life is challenging. I've been dealt an unfortunate hand of cards and that's just the way that it is. And so I was really like rooted in this sense of victimhood instead of opening my eyes and realizing that maybe there was something other than this life that I had chosen to believe I had to live. So at the time of the car accident, June, 2017, I had a picture perfect life on paper. I had been with my boyfriend for five years. We were living together in a cute little basement suite. We had great landlords. We were shopping for engagement rings. We were planning on getting married, which sounds so crazy now to think about. feels like a lifetime ago. And I guess it really was. Um, I was working as an executive assistant in real estate. I was also doing a multi-level marketing business that I was moving up the ladder with quite quickly. And I was on my way to grad school to get my master's in women's studies at SFU on scholarship in September. So a few, a few months later, I had what seemed like a perfect life and I was secretly unhappy, really, really, really unhappy, really miserable. And I felt like that there, I felt there was something more. I felt that there was something missing, but I also had this belief that I had made my bed and now I had to sleep in it. Now I needed to lie in it. And that's just the way that it was going to be. And of course, the more I believed this, the more the universe was probably laughing at me, rolling her eyes, going, no, this is not it. Um, And so I stepped into the front seat of my best friend's car one night in June, and we headed to a girl's night that we never made it to. Um, We were T-boned at 70 kilometers an hour by a Jeep Wrangler in Langley, and I almost lost my life that night. my, I broke many, many bones. My, um, intestine was, I don't know the correct medical terms. My intestine was ripped open. I went into septic shock. I, I needed, I needed to be saved. My life needed to be saved that night. And it was luckily the doctors did a phenomenal job. Um, and so this was the universe on her last straw. (laughs) This was her last attempt to get my attention and say, wake up listen to me, look at what you are missing. And of course, in true Amber fashion, I did not wake up right away. I stayed in my victimhood. I created this story in my head that said, of course this happened to me. Of course this would happen to me. Like, why not add this to the long list of shitty things? Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear here. Oh, I swear all the time. (laughs) Perfect. Um, yeah, so I, I added that to the list of things that had happened to me and really like set up camp in my victimhood. And I did that for about 10 months. Um, in that 10 months, I started to heal. I tried to go to grad school, unfortunately, um, couldn't due to the, um, repercussions of the concussion that I had. Um, I needed, we found out seven months after the car accident that I needed reconstructive foot surgery and that kind of, you know, spiraled me right back to the beginning all over again. I wasn't able to return to work. I couldn't do my, um, my business anymore. So really I felt like my life was over and long story short, I, after having foot surgery, after being on crutches and in a wheelchair for three months, I 
moved to Whistler on a whim, which was totally in my manifestor energy that I didn't even, I didn't even know about yet. Right. It was totally in alignment with my manifestor energy. I looked at the puzzle that I had created, all of the pieces of this puzzle that made up my life and realized that I actually didn't like the picture that I was looking at, that it, it didn't feel good to me that I didn't know who had painted these pieces. And so I took that puzzle and I threw it on the ground and I destroyed, I destroyed it. I completely tore apart my life, broke up with my boyfriend, left everything behind in Maple Ridge and I moved to Whistler. And you'd think at this point in the story that this is where everything turned around and things um, became peachy keen and rosy and beautiful and wonderful. And that is just absolutely not true because I believed that moving to Whistler would solve my problems. I believed that simply taking myself out of the place where the car accident had happened and where, you know, all of this misery had taken place, where I had, where I had created that puzzle that I didn't recognize or didn't enjoy looking at. I thought that if I just took myself away from that place, that everything would be fine, but I was wrong. And so I took my healing journey from Maple Ridge to Whistler and realized that when I packed my bags, um, my PTSD, my depression, my anxiety, my pain, my trauma, everything also packed their bags and came with me. They probably had more bags than I did, really. And they set up camp the same way that I did in Whistler. And so my healing journey kind of took a wrong turn and I, I chose wrong. I chose poorly. I made decisions that instead of healing my pain, repressed my pain. I was so desperate to live a life that was different than the one that I had been living that I didn't realize I had to walk through the darkness before I found the light. I didn't realize that I had to sit with my pain, that I had to sit with my trauma, that I had to look it in the face and love it back into the light. And so I looked at the darkness inside of me and pushed all of my pain and trauma down into that darkness and locked it up. I closed the door and double padlocked it and thought, great, it's gone. That's fine. But it kept bubbling up. And so my first year and a half in Whistler, I made decisions and um, chose coping mechanisms that didn't help me heal my pain and trauma, but definitely helped keep it locked, kept, helped to keep it locked away. So that was my first year and a half in Whistler. And it wasn't until, and this is where I found life coaching. It wasn't until I went to Bali, November, 2019 and read the book, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. Yes. I don't know if you guys have read that, but honestly, I've read you it, have yeah. to get your hands on it. Isn't it's it so amazing? Good. Yeah. It's so uh, good. I've read it twice now. Oh yeah. I have that book and I have the one You're a Badass and Making Money. And I bought the book, You're a Badass for my sister for Christmas. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, so I read it in Bali and then my, my book club, I lead a book club um, of a few gals and we um, did that one throughout 2020. You are a badass. And so it was so good. But the first time that I read it was in Bali in 2019, uh, November, 2019. And 
I, this is my first time out of North America. I went to Australia for three and a half weeks with my boyfriend, my, my new boyfriend, not the one I left for home, <laughs> left behind in Maple Ridge, my new lovely boyfriend. Um, and then I went to Bali for 10 days with my best friend and I brought six books with me. I'm a, an avid reader. So I brought six books with me and I grabbed You're a Badass because it had been sitting on my shelf for years. And I thought if I read the other five, I'll read this one. I had no idea what it was about. I read the other five before I went to Bali. Then I bought two more novels in the uh, gift shop uh, in the airport on my way to Bali, read those two in the first like seven days of being in Bali. And then I was like, I cannot buy another book. I absolutely can't. I was really avoiding this book for some reason. And so I finally, I was sitting by the pool one day, my friend and I were like waiting um, to be able to check into our Airbnb. And I opened this book and it absolutely changed my fucking life. This was like, this was what the universe was trying to bring me to when she hit me with a Jeep. This was literally the moment she knew that this is what my life, this is where my life was going. And she just had to hit me with a Jeep first to get me there. Oh my God. So I yeah. read this book. I read this book, came back from Whistler or came back to Whistler, sorry, from Bali. Um, my life kind of fell apart in an unexpected way, but in like the most beautiful way. And I, I, I finished You're a Badass and I just started grabbing more self-help slash personal development books. I don't like the term self-help, self-discovery. Um, I read The Art of Fear by Kristen Ulmer. Um, and then I just, I, I kept going from there. I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you've read that one. It's I've heard amazing. of it. You haven't read it yet. It's so, so good. But I just kept going from there. And after I read You Are a Badass, and as I was reading all these self-discovery books in like true manifestor energy, and of course I didn't know about human design yet, I began to think to myself, what if I was a life coach? What if I could be a life coach? What if everything that ever happened to me was leading up to this purpose? What if my story, this like really sad, traumatic, emotional, painful life that I have had was all leading up to me changing the world, inspiring women to become the best versions of themselves. And of course I had this thought before I, I was even the best version of myself or even the next level version of myself. And so in the back of my mind, I had this idea, I had this desire, I had this thought and it was quickly followed by this limiting belief of you can't do that right now because you're in the middle of suing ICBC. So I am in the middle of a lawsuit. Oh my I'm God. In the middle of a lawsuit. I'm suing ICBC for my car accident, which is a whole other story we won't get into because ICBC might find this podcast one day. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have limitations on me. I, I have restrictions. I, I mean, I still do less than I did at that time, but I, I wasn't allowed to be on social media because uh, ICBC was looking for me. I wasn't really allowed to start a big career. I was kind of in limbo. I was stuck waiting for this, you know, waiting for ICBC to hand me this settlement, but essentially also hand me my life back, right? So my life had fallen apart after the car accident. And then instead of being able to pick up the pieces or create new pieces, I had to stay there waiting. And so I had created this story for myself that anything that I wanted to do, any desire I had, well, I couldn't do it because I was stuck because I was stuck in this lawsuit. And so that's what I believed um, after I read this book. 
and after I like really launched myself down this path of self-discovery, which I didn't even realize at first, then I found human design. Then I started to embody human design. Then on a whim, again, in true manifester fashion, <laughs> I decided to sign up for um, a year long human design certification course that cost $16,000. <laughs> this was in May. I had lost my job. I had lost all of my jobs because of um, COVID. I was just on CERB. I had no plan to start a business, had literally just found out my true human design, knew absolutely nothing about human design, but something inside of me said, this is it. This is it. This is it. The whole, my whole life, the universe had been saying, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. And I had a been ignoring. And then finally, when I realized that it wasn't it, I was like, well, what the fuck is it? Now the universe was like, finally, Amber, you're ready. This is it. And so I signed up for this human design certification. I think I signed up and did my first payment in June, still not knowing what the fuck I was going to do. So I went through the summer, <laughs> I went through the summer trying to figure out what am I, what am I trying to do here? What am I trying to gain here? Why did I make this decision? And I started researching human design even more than I was before. I took a few little courses here and there from different life coaches, started learning about manifestation and mindset, um, started following a lot of like really amazing people. Um, I started, I started listening to my mentors podcast, my life coach right now, Kate Harlow. Um, she and I, another gal do the podcast. Um, your truth is your, no, no, no. What is it? I'm sorry. Oh, the new truth, the new truth. That's what it is. Um, and she lives in Vancouver as well. So I, I met her, I connected with her. And then in August, I, and I can't even tell you what it was. It was just one day I just felt it, that it was time. And I decided that I wanted to actually do this. I wanted to be a life coach right here, right now. I wanted to start my business. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was because I'd asked my lawyer if he could give me um, an advancement on my settlement so that I could pay for life coaching. And of course my lawyer, he's so sweet, but he's very traditional and very logical. And he said, no, um, and questioned why I needed a life coach. And so I got really huffy and I said, okay, so either we are going to settle right now. We're going to settle with ICBC, my lawsuit right now. So I can pay for life coaching, or you're going to let me start my own business so that I can make money to pay for life coaching. Those are your two options. And of course, my lawyer, he's so lovely. He tried to, you know, give me all the reasons why um, this wasn't going to happen. And luckily, I had just had a, uh, a session with my counselor. And she had said something to me that really changed my life. She said, Amber, you're in control because you're paying your lawyer. He works for you. And I went... <laughs> Oh my God, you're right. I am the final decision. I get to make the final choice. And so I got on the phone and of course I told him his two choices and he said, no, I'm not going to take either of those choices. And then I put on my, my big girl pants and I said, well, actually you work for me. So you are going to make one of those choices. And I remember exactly where I was standing. I was walking along the Valley trail. I had my little gal that I was nannying with me and I was like sweating through my shirt. I was so <laughs> terrified that he was still going to be like, let me tell you why that's not going to happen. And he laughed at me on the phone. Um, but then he said, okay, let's compromise. And by the end of that call, I had permission to become a life coach.
to start my life coaching business. And so I did, I, within the next month, I channeled my business. Um, I got the download for my name, Freedom Femme. I was having a bath. I was meditating and the name popped into my head and I just knew that that was me. That was who I was. And I channeled my signature course, which I'm working on creating right now. That'll be launched in March. Um, and I just, I just really got the ball rolling. Once I had momentum, like it just, it just didn't stop. And so on September 15th, I launched my Instagram page. I posted on social media for the first time in over three years. Um, I, yeah, I, I rejoined what felt like, or I didn't rejoin. I, I felt like I took the first step to taking back my life, coming home to myself, creating that puzzle that I knew would actually feel good. A puzzle that I actually wanted to look at and a puzzle that I actually wanted to be putting the pieces together of. So it's been, what day are we? We're at the end of December. So it's been three and a half months and it's been an absolutely wild, wild ride. Nothing about starting a business is easy. Um, nothing about being an entrepreneur in the middle of a pandemic is easy. I've had to make you know, well, not have to, I shouldn't use those words. I've made really big, scary decisions that made absolutely no fucking sense, but that felt good. And that's the embodiment of my human design, right? I've been embodying my manifesto energy. I've been embodying my emotional authority, which is my decision-making center. I've been moving further and further and further, or not further. I've been moving closer and closer towards alignment. So the universe has asked me to make big decisions. She's asked me to prove that I really want this. Do you want to be a life coach? Yes. Do you want to have this business? Yes. Do you want to change the world? Yes. Do you want to make a difference in women's lives? Yes. Okay. Then do you trust me? Do you trust yourself? Can you make these big decisions? Can you make these big power moves? Can you move towards what feels good while still feeling scared? Right? Yeah. Can That's through the doubt. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is so cool. So just so the listeners know, I, I knew like bits, like little tiny bits and pieces of Amber's story. Like we've literally only known each other for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It feels like forever though. <laughs> I know. So funny. Literally only known each other for a week. So no, I, your story is so powerful. I knew it. So yeah, here's the funny thing. I intuitively knew that I wanted you to call my podcast channel and I wanted you to share your story. And I'm like, listening to this, like grinning ear to ear. Like we're, we're doing like Facebook video and then I'm recording this on zoom at the same time. And I'm just like, Holy crap. Like, and it's so interesting because one of the things you're really talking about, there's a quote that came up for me that I want to share with the audience. When you were talking about packing your bags, going up to Whistler, you know, the baggage of anxiety, depression, all that coming with you. There's a really good quote. It is wherever you go, there you are. Yes right? Yeah. And so when you said that, I was like, that's, that's it. You like, yeah. we cannot run away from our shit. And nope. when you talked about, you know, feeling through the darkness and like not packing down, like if somebody, if you're dealing with stuff in your life and we totally acknowledge how difficult that is, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever trauma challenges, when we pack it down inside of us, it stays there. Mm-hmm. It stays there. Yeah. You can't make it, it go stronger away. and stronger. Totally. Cause it's not meant to be there. 
right? Yeah. So that's why it bubbles up. That's why things, you know, blow up in life and, you know, arguments and accidents and like things that are not enjoyable because like you said, it's like a freaking, you know, alarm. Like, hey, can you hear me? Like fire alarm going off in the kitchen. Like your shit's on fire. Like pay attention, right? So I just, I really, really, really love your story. And I, it's so funny because I can relate to when you're talking about making decisions that don't make sense. Like one of the things that I've been really called to do is do a human design certification as well. And I, I literally did eight certifications this year. Like, <laughs> yes, you've been busy. Like, like I don't need any more. And I, and I was, and I talked about this. I was like, am I doing this because I feel insecure and I feel like I'm not good enough? And it's like, no, I'm literally just obsessed with learning. Like I love learning. And so, you know, that's it. Part of being an entrepreneur in the pandemic, like that, that's it. You just make these illogical decisions and the way your lawyer talks to you about making decisions, like my boyfriend talks to me that way. And then mm -hmm. you feel it, this like resistance, like, no, I want to do things my way because this is how I want to create my business. Yeah. Right? I think it's really, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, on. no, go, no, go on, go on. I was just going to say, I think it's really important for your listeners to um, understand this point of human design that, or life in general, we are never, ever, ever meant to make any decisions from our head from our mind, but that is the way we are conditioned. Think about the way that you're taught in school. What do you think the right answer is? Nobody ever asks you how you feel. And if you say, this is how I feel, it'll, you'll be met with the response. Well, what do you think, right? We're encouraged, we're trained, we're literally conditioned to think logically, be reasonable, right? What is the most rational choice? I have never been a logical person. I've never been a reasonable person ever in my entire life. And finding human design was like a breath of fresh air because it pointed towards why that's actually in alignment for me, not being logical. Right. Yeah. And so there's, there's, um, many different authorities within human design. There's three main authorities, um, and there's a hierarchy to them. And this has to do with the centers, um, in your chart, which we won't get into, but, there's three main authorities and uh, decision-making centers. So the first is emotional. The second is uh, your solar plexus. And then the third is spleen. And so for me, I am an emotional authority, which means that my emotions literally make, make or break my decisions. Like they, they, my emotions are the way that I make decisions. I ride the wave of emotions from the very high of the highs to the lowest of the lows. And I come back to neutral and ask myself what feels good, what feels right. And that is the correct decision for yourself as a sacral authority. And we've talked about this before that sacral energy is really a hell yes or a hell no. So if your sacral is your decision-making center, when faced with a choice, and it's best for the sacral to have yes or no choices, one or the other. It's going to be a hell yes, or it's going to be a hell no. For those people who are, um, have sacral authorities, they usually have felt like a gut instinct or a gut response their entire lives. And most of you with sacral authorities will have had some kind of conditioning where you have learned to not trust your gut, right? Because it doesn't always make sense. That's the thing in life. If you want to create this big, bold, beautiful life of freedom, 
it's not going to make sense. It is literally never going to make sense. Two of the biggest decisions that I made since starting my business, starting my business wasn't even the biggest decision that I made in 2020. The two biggest decisions that I made was one, to quit my um, work from home HR job, which was really comfortable, really cushy, fantastic team, amazing boss, flexible hours, and I felt called to quit before I had even made one single dollar in my business. And so I quit. It felt scary, but I rode my emotional wave. I knew what I needed to do and I quit. The next decision, and at this point I'd made a little bit of money in my business, but not enough to sustain myself. Um, the next decision I felt called to make was to quit my nanny job, which was my last consistent source of income. And I knew this one was gonna be a little bit harder because I. Um, I nanny for my landlords and I knew that they would be upset and they wouldn't understand. And I, you know, I felt a lot of guilt about this. A lot of stories were going around in my head about what this would mean about me as a good person. And I had to just tune out all of the noise, all of the stories, all of the beliefs that were going around in my head, because remember, we're not meant to make decisions up here. And I had to feel in to my own energy. I had to tap into my own emotions. And when I, when I really got clear, I, I knew that the decision was to quit because the job no longer felt good. And what felt good was going all in in my business. Did it make sense? No. Did I know how it was going to happen? No. Did I know what, you know, how it was going to make money, how I was going to sustain myself? No, absolutely not. But it didn't matter. I didn't need to know the answers to those questions, right? I just needed to know how I felt and I needed to take one more step after another closer towards what I knew would feel good, right? So for all of you listening, if you take anything away from this podcast, I hope it's that decisions are based on how we feel and not what we think. Yeah. And I love what you were talking about earlier when we were talking about being in school and how you're always asked, what, what do you think? What do you think? Mm-hmm. I was, I can't remember where I saw this. I saw this or read this or heard this somewhere, but we're talking about the school system again. We are literally conditioned in the school system to be rewarded for, quote, doing the right thing, getting the right answer. And yeah. then we are punished or reprimanded. When I say punished, I mean like you get a low mark or you don't rank as high or whatever, you know, for not doing as well. So then that literally conditions our brain, like you said, to think and look and figure shit out to do the right thing so that we are applauded, so that we are not rejected, so that we are, you know, looked well upon and so on. And so, yeah, this human design coming in and teaching people to really listen to their emotions and trust their gut, for example, like for me, at least as a sacral, huge into that, like, I feel when now that I've really tuned into human design, like my yeses and nos are like so strong. I'm like, I will just repel something that is a no. I'm like, no, nope, yeah. not happening. Don't convince me. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Don't convince me. Yeah. There's no convincing of the sacral. No, no you can't it, convince yourself. Somebody else can't convince you. It's not going to happen if you're in alignment. Oh yeah. Right? It's so important to be in alignment. And I, I love what you said about the school system. This is something that's like real, I'm really passionate about um, because I excelled in the school system, but um, I had so many friends that didn't. I had so many friends that the school system was really, really hard for. And so 
diving deeper into human design and learning more about how we thrive in different um, environments has really opened my eyes to how the school system is so flawed and sets so many kids up for failure, right? There's a part of your human design that literally um, pertains to how you learn, how you, there's a, there's a part that there's your arrows at the top of your chart. If you generate your chart, you'll see they're either pointing right or left. Um, and depending on which way your arrow points, it means that you have more uh, masculine or feminine energy. Nothing to do with gender. It's all about um, being or doing. So there's arrows that pertain to how you digest information. And there's also an arrow um, that pertains to how you, how you take things in right? How you like take in your environment. So for someone who excels in school, you'd have, you'd most likely, like for me, you'd have an arrow that points to the left, which means that you are, um, you're taking in details that you, you have a very like structured way of taking in information that you do well on tests that you like regurgitate information very well. And that's the thing with the school system. You are told something and then you're taught to regurgitate it. You're not taught to make connections. You're not taught to think between the lines. You're not taught or see between the lines, right? You're not taught to, um, form your own opinions, right? You're not taught to feel a certain way, um, or feel any way. You're not given the space to tap into how you feel about what you're learning. It's just, this is right or wrong. And then you need to regurgitate it for a mark. And then that's that. But the, the truth that, you know, society and the school system hides from us is that there is no right or wrong. There is literally no right or wrong way to do something or be, be a human being. It's literally all about what feels good. And that is what human design is for me, at least at its very core, what feels good. That's alignment. Yeah. And it's true too, because we see people in life and when they are being their utmost true self and they're speaking their mind and they're showing up how they want to show up and they are, you know, having the relationships that they want to have, like when they are being their most authentic self and being real with themselves and being honest and having boundaries and just, just, just shining. That's when you get to see the uniqueness of each individual yes. person. It's not about checking off the boxes. It's like, you know, when people get highly admired in the world, it's usually because you're like, wow, they are totally showing up as their true authentic self. And then yeah. that like magnetizes people. That's why you see people who are successful in business. They've been showing up consistently for a long time as their authentic self. And it literally magnetizes people who resonate with that because it allows them to bring out the best in themselves as well. Yes. And I love that this is where the conversation has gone because this is kind of, ugh, I shouldn't even say kind of, this is really like the the main part of my coaching business is helping women break out of those boxes that we are put in, especially as women, but even men break out of that box, which is made up of the, of the shoulds, the have tos and the expectations and uncover, rediscover their own desires and create a life based on those desires that is freeing right? I'm freedom femme for a reason. I'm helping women find their own freedom. And it's not, 
it's not something that you haven't known before, right? We're all born free. We're all born wildly expressed. And then as we go through life, we're conditioned by our families, by society, by, you know, whatever caregivers are in our lives, by the school system. And that's when we really get put into our box. And some people's box, some walls are higher and thicker than others. You know, I was raised in a very, very um, strong, (laughs) thick box. And (laughs) it's taken a lot of work to break free, right? It's taken a lot of work for me to break down those walls. Um, But this is, you know, this is the whole point of coming back, coming home to yourself, coming back to that feeling of freedom and creating a life based on that, right? Uh, Yeah, I love, I love how much you emphasize breaking through boxes because it's true like with with any human being like even like again I mean I have talked about racism a couple times on my channel and like I'm very open-minded in that sense and I've I've had my friend come on a couple times and share his story who's transgender and so I really I, I like to be inclusive when I speak about this but even those who are minorities like you are born free, but then you get, you're born into this society that has all these fucking boxes. They're put into a box much, much sooner than you and I. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I so appreciate that this is what you focus on and and really just empowering, you know, especially just women as well, helping them break through whatever it is that's holding them back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because we all have conditioning. This is something that I've learned Um, This is something that really helped me break out of my uh, victimhood mode. I learned that we are all traumatized and trauma, it's, it's misunderstood as, you know, something catastrophic, right? Like my car accident. But the, the truth is that my car accident wasn't my first trauma. And I had, I had had other, um, you know, big traumatic, moments in my life as well. But even those weren't the only traumas that I experienced, you know, experiencing a moment of bullying as a young child in, you know, primary school, or experiencing a parent yelling at you in front of, you know, your whole extended family, like these are little moments of trauma, and they condition us, they instill in us these limiting beliefs about how the, the way that we are, the the person that we believe ourselves to be is wrong and bad. And then it instills this further message of how we need to be, who we need to be in order to be good, in order to be right, in order to meet the expectations of those around us. And this is what create the walls of our box. And so I work with women on getting clear on what those boxes are actually made of. Like what conditioning are those boxes made of? And what are the limiting beliefs that are holding those box, those walls in place? And then we flip those limiting beliefs to empowering beliefs because your beliefs, your thoughts, the messages that you tell yourself, the stories that go around in your head, that's what creates your reality. And if they're limiting, then your life will always be limited. But if they're empowering, then... Literally, the world is your oyster. Freedom is yours. Yeah. Oh, I love this. And I love that you, you know, I I think that the the book, You Are a Badass, when I read this book, these stories that we have, these beliefs, like what's 
our conditioning, like everything that we're talking about this conversation, it was so interesting because when I read this in the book, I was like, wow, like it just, it just lifts the veil to why we behave the way we do. And it's when things come into awareness, this is when you can do something with it. Right. And this is why there's coaches in the world because we have done our own work where we're suddenly aware and we can see the shit. And then it's like, Oh my God, I want to help everyone else see their shit so they can work yeah. through it. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's just a shit storm, but it's a good one. Right. So yeah. yeah, I, I heard, I've heard this. I don't know if I'd call it a quote. My life coach has said this before and I've seen it so many other places. Um, and it really like, it really brings me a lot of peace when I'm kind of like sitting in the shit going, why me? Because of course, once you work through something, it's not like poof, it's gone. Like you've worked through it at its like hardest point, but it'll still come up right throughout the rest of your life. And you're still working towards, you know, healing. So something that really, really helps me, um, is, knowing that those who have gone through the most, the, the most trauma, like they've had the hardest goes in life are usually those who are going to be inspiring the most. They're usually the ones who are doing this kind of work. They are called to this path for a reason. You know, I, I wouldn't be a life coach if I didn't come from an abusive childhood. I wouldn't be a life coach if I didn't come from, if I wasn't raised in religion. Um, if I, if I wasn't hit by a Jeep, I would not be a life coach. And so it really grounds me back into my purpose that yes, I've had these horrible things happen to me, but now I get the opportunity to help women walk their own healing journeys, their own spiritual journeys, their own journey to alignment, their own journey to freedom. And that's, that's a really special thing, I think. Yeah, I love this. Can you share a little bit more about how, how people can or how women can work with you and just what, what you've got going on coming up in the new year? Yes, absolutely. So, um, I have just recently launched my Freedom Femme Society Facebook group. That's a free coaching hub with um, a bunch of amazing gals inside where I just share like daily tips. We do an intention setting ceremony, a live intention setting ceremony for the new week every Sunday. I chat about human design, manifestation, all kinds of stuff. It's really fun inside. Um, I'm freedom.fem over on Instagram. And I've got a few ways that you can work with me. So, um, my most popular offer is my human design readings. That's a 75 minute reading over zoom where we dive into your chart, the basics of your chart. And then there's time for anyone to ask questions as well. Um, I also have my freedom method, which is my one-on-one -on -one coaching package. This is a three month commitment where we walk through the five steps of uh, getting clear on your box, getting clear on the walls of your box, um, to breaking free and creating a life based on your own desires. I also have, um, a couple of other one-on-one -on -one coaching offers that I'll be launching in the new year. I've got, um, a one-on-one -on -one intensive which is a 90 minute call and five days of Voxer support. This is for the woman who wants to see results fast. So we dive deep into what you're working through, create an action plan, and then you've got five days of support from me. 
And then in 2021, I have a few fun things coming up. So in March, I'm launching my signature course called Journey Back to Freedom. This is a seven-week course where we'll be working through um, that five-step method that I do with my one-on-one clients. And we'll be supplementing it with yoga sessions, um, oracle card pulls, Akashic record readings, that kind of thing. So that one I'm really excited for. But sooner, what's coming up is I've got a uh, free vision board workshop coming up on January 4th. And then I have a, actually, I haven't announced this one yet, but I'll announce it here. I have a two-day masterclass called Making Magic coming up mid-January. And this is a manifestation 101 kind of workshop style um, to get you really diving deep into those visions that we're working through in the vision board workshop and starting to make some of those desires your reality. Oh my gosh, I love it. So oh there's a lot of different ways you could work with me in the new year. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm, I'm, I, I think I've, I've recently joined your Facebook group. So I would definitely be in there. And of course, I feel like, I feel like you should start a podcast. I know, you know what? I actually would really love to start a podcast. It's funny because the very first thing I ever purchased, um, like well before I signed up for my um my human design certification well before I launched my business, I on a whim purchased a like six weeks to creating a podcast um, course. It was $200 and I don't know why I purchased it. I watched a live, this, this girl was doing a live training and I just like, I was like, yes, I need this. And when I was talking to my boyfriend about it, I started to cry and he was like, what's wrong? Like, are you regretting your decision? And I was like, no, I just really feel (laughs) like, I just really feel like I'm meant to be doing this. I really feel like this is my calling. And now knowing that I have that um, defined throat center in my human design, which means that I have a consistent, clear um, way of speaking and sharing, I know that like this is so in alignment for me starting a podcast. And so it's definitely on the radar for 2021. I'm just manifesting a quiet space to be able to do it. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. stay tuned for a Freedom Femme podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know the feeling. I I think when you were reading my chart, I have an undefined throat center. So I'm the yeah. type of person that if I'm going to record anything or do a live stream, like I, I was like begging for my boyfriend and I to move this year so I could have my own office because I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it in our tiny space before. Like yeah. I'm the type of person I needed to be quiet and then I can show up like a hundred percent and be confident. But even like us recording this, like I can hear him using the blender in the background and I'm like <laughs> cringing. <laughs> it's throwing you up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That is actually like, so that points towards your undefined throat center so much. You literally need to be in your own energy yeah. to speak your truth. Oh right? yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Even if I'm on a call, and he walks in, it's like my brain goes blank. Like I will just, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. So when I actually, when I learned that about my human design, I was like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. This is why Mm -hmm. everyone needs to be quiet. Like get the cats out, you know, don't don't touch anything for the next three hours. Like, 
<laughs> oh my God. That's, that's so funny. I had to, <laughs> I had to actually ask my landlords. Hopefully they never find this podcast. I actually had to um, message them and say, can you guys please commit to some peace and quiet between these hours? And they were so lovely. They're like, yep, that's fine. And then my landlord messaged me at one thirty right before we started and said, um, when does your meeting start? So we can be mindful. It's like, Oh, thank God. And I, then I had to message in our group chat with my boyfriend and our housemate. Um, I had to say, I'm a guest speaker on my very first podcast. I'm very excited, but I do need some peace and quiet. So <laughs> if we could commit to not clattering around in the kitchen and talking about fantasy football right in my ear, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so funny I love it yeah oh my gosh yeah. yeah no just listening to you share on the episode today like really 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 loved having you on and I have a feeling that we're going to be collaborating for sure oh yeah and yeah. just hearing you share your story and I was like yeah you should definitely do a podcast because yeah. you just, like so naturally we're sharing and like know your story really well and just being confident and all that I was like yes yeah. so I totally just wanted to throw that out there and now it's oh, recorded so you have to do it you have to yes I know <laughs> Now it's going to be out there and people are going to be like waiting for me to start up this podcast. So now I've committed to it in my mind. I'm like, yeah. okay, it's yeah. out there in the world. So, and you know what? That's totally in alignment with my manifestor energy, right? I have an idea and then I speak it, right? I speak it out loud. I have a feeling and then I speak it out loud and then I put it out to the world and it's like, it'll just snap into place, right? Yeah. That's it with with manifesting in general but specifically with manifestor energy like once you put it out there you just it snaps into place so oh yeah we'll see maybe it'll come sooner rather than later oh yeah totally well i want to thank you for chatting with me today and us having this conversation like really loved it really i like loved hearing your story i know it's gonna be super powerful and people are definitely going to be inspired so i i just want to i want to thank you for coming on Thank you so much for having me. This has honestly meant the world to me. I have had such a great time sharing my story and learning a little bit about your, your journey with human design and whatnot. So thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And I want to let the listeners know, I'm going to put all this information and where you can get in contact with Amber and join her Facebook group and hear about her services in the show notes. So you can check that out. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the channel, please do so. Please share this episode and you can tag both of us on Instagram as well. And we will chat with you in the next episode.